Warning, the Federal Communications Commission requires that we inform you that this episode of the Derek Duvall Show may contain content inappropriate for children. Listener discretion is advised. The FCC also requires us to inform you that this episode may contain the words f***, s***, asshole, mother boy, dumpster, galloping quit, but in like a British way, and also, strangely, cul-de-sac. Once again, this show may contain content not suitable for anyone but the coolest children. Listener discretion is advised. Powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to friends, foes, and neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, because what you're about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show! Prepare yourself for pop culture, commentary, and interviews featuring no drama and no controversy, guaranteed. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Productions Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello Duvall Nation, hi there, thanks everyone, wow, what a welcome. Everyone, please, thank you, thank you, sit, please, thank you, thank you. I do love this virtual audience. Welcome to another episode of the Derek Duvall Show. I am Derek, and congratulations on joining me for another fantastic journey of discovery where we interview a person who has done extraordinary things. You obviously have incredible taste. I want to thank everyone of Duval Nation. Even if you're not part of Duval Nation, I want to thank everyone who took the time to text, send me a message on any of our platforms, wishing me a happy birthday. It was a great day. I got to see my friends at a baby shower, which I think that was the first one I've ever been to. Then I uh, went for a piece of chocolate Guinness cake, which is one of my absolute favorite things to eat. And then finished it up with a delicious steak dinner at a local restaurant I enjoy eating at. And to top it off, a screening of Star Trek The Wrath of Khan in 4K Ultra High Definition in my theater room. It was a truly, truly great evening. I want to thank Mrs. Duvall, my mother-in-law, my all my friends for making the day absolutely fun. Speaking of Mrs. Duvall, her and I saw the new Doctor Strange film yesterday. I will save the review for the Derek and Mindy's Fun With Movies. Uh, we're going to release this week about it, but uh, I will say just real fast, it's absolutely brilliant. Well, that brings us to episode 56. We have a really special episode, and full disclosure, this one took a bit of hard work to pull together. We have on the show Matt Bauman and Kyle Einhorn, the creators of the legendary documentary, which has become a bit of a cult classic, Fleetwood Mac Destiny Rules, which chronicled the making of the album Say You Will. If you haven't checked it out, it's a little bit tricky to find, but if you can find it, it's an incredible watch. Oh, yeah. Um, real quick before I forget, I got to throw the salty language disclaimer for this one. So if you're at work, just wear your earphones. I don't want to be responsible for someone getting written up at HR or whatever. So you know what? Let's just get it started. Let's get him out here. Please welcome the show direct from Los Angeles, California, documentarians, Matt Bauman and Kyle Einhorn. <laughs> Matt, Kyle, Hello. Welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. How has the week been treating you so far? A little company, uh, but otherwise, amazing. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, just the usual nonsense going on, so I uh, can't complain. Now, before we get started, it was just brought to my attention, and I was completely unaware, but you two have not seen or talked to each other in apparently quite some time. 
So yeah, I mean, uh, we talked yeah. a little bit here and there, but yeah, we ended up in two different parts of the city and aren't in close proximity, but we we still chat with each other, you know, with the texting and phone calls and stuff. But I, it's been a while since we've actually been in the same room together. I like to start my questions with the same one, and that is, how has it been for the two of you to navigate the COVID nineteen world we are living in? Uh. I fortunately have staved off getting it, knock on wood, to this point. I've been just, you know, careful without being paranoid about it. Basically going, you know, about business as usual, you know, throw a mask on if I have to go out. So far, so good. So, I mean, I'm working still, so can't complain. (laughs) Yeah, for me, it's been very, very, very impactful with this COVID thing. Right now, I'm overseeing um, production of features for Tennis Channel, um, where we do stories about the players and the game and everything like that. And we're used to flying around the world, getting tons of stories. And, you know, we're pretty much grounded. When there's a lull in COVID, we go back out and shoot more, but not too many of those. Where are you both originally from, and how did you both come to meet? Um, I'm originally from Michigan and came out here after film school. And Kyle and I ended up working at a production house together in the 90s commercial production place and that's how we met and if kyle wants to add anything there uh, the commercial production company was a super high-end boutique place um we were doing what was the bud super bowl yeah like a A list commercial production at the time and then i grew up in um, new haven connecticut and went to uh you know film school and headed right out here after graduation and met batty like a couple months later now kyle i caught some of your highlights on imdb I have to ask, are you a fan of tennis, or is the tennis coverage something you do for a living? Both. It could. I, I love producing and making stuff, documentaries, stuff like that. Um, so it doesn't matter what the subject is, but it happens that I grew up playing tennis, so I have an appreciation of the sport. Like I said, your INDB credits, most of them were for the Tennis Channel, so I was just curious. Yeah, I've been on Tennis Channel, like, oh, I don't know, 18 years. So the documentary we are discussing today is the 2004 film Fleetwood Mac, Destiny Rules. How did the idea to create the documentary come about? Oh, Matt, you got uh, Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah, <laughs> Lindsey Buckingham came up with the idea, and we were approached uh, out of a pool of a couple of uh, creatives to possibly do it. But it was Lindsey's idea because the band hadn't been back together at that time for 17 years, and he felt like it was a good idea. And like the you know the documentary format with VH1 at the time was really hot with you know, behind the music and the Osborne show was red hot at that time. So I think that probably gave Lindsay the idea of doing something serious and we were approached about it. Through your cousin. Yeah. We met Lindsay at like a kid's birthday party and Lindsay's complaining that like, yeah, I'm talking to all these producer directors and they want a million dollars to do this thing. And Steve's like, you know what? We can do this for patties. Let's give it a shot. Let's go for a week. And he was like, yeah, exactly. You were granted extraordinary access to one of the most legendary bands of the 20th century. You say Lindsay approached you. What got you both over the finish line in terms of a decision? Like Kyle said, my cousin's children went to the same school that Lindsay Buckingham's kids went to. And they got to know each other through school functions and stuff. And so that's how that started. And my cousin, who is a producer set up a meeting and just called me and Kyle and said, Hey, what could, ha- what's the worst that could happen? Just go down there and interview. And we, we did. And if you remember right, Kyle, we gave the worst performance of an interview ever. Oh, yeah. We thought we would never get it in a million years. I remember putting my foot in my mouth a few times 
and we tried to, to get through that, but it, I did. I still think it didn't go that well. But two weeks later, we get a phone call that we were granted the opportunity to, to uh, go forward, and it was basically a handshake deal at first. Um, yeah. Come on down with some cameras, and let's see, you know, what happens. At the time, Lindsay had lots of other things to worry about too, because I mean, it's no secret that they weren't sure if Stevie was actually going to show up. I mean, there's still hard feelings between everybody and there always have been, it seems. So signing off on getting us in was just one box he had to tick. And then convincing Stevie to let us film her, another box to tick. Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham have one of the most interesting dynamics in music history. I feel the documentary touched on the love and sometimes conflict that these two creative people have for one another. When the two of them are in the room and they're talking, what's running through your minds? Stay very quiet and film every moment. Yeah, it just, just try to, uh, it was a dance of basically, you know, to, to be able to get those moments and not interfere with them was the biggest challenge. And we were successful at it, oddly enough, because after a while, I think they forgot that we were there or because we were like wallpaper in that house. We were constantly around them. So we were able to get those, some of those genuine moments. And it was incredible, and it was their dynamic that was coming through on that film. We shot, what, like 500 hours of some crazy amount of film. We put our editor through a living hell trying to cut that footage yeah, down. Yeah, so they were uh, recording in a house in Bel Air, a mansion. Um, we set up in the pool house, hardwired in some hidden cameras. They weren't, I mean, the band knew they were there. They forgot. So we would just hang out. We're playing, um, was it PS2 hockey and other games? Yeah. We're watching the monitors, and then when anything goes on, we're like, get the cameras, let's go. So if they start arguing, do you just put down the camera and walk away to let them settle the argument? Oh no! We, oh no! <laughs> they didn't really, they didn't really outwardly argue, and it was always kind of like they weren't hitting at each other. They were just kind of small jipes here and there. I don't even know if jipes is a word, but I'm going with it. They would prattle like an old married couple a lot, you know. I mean, yeah. there would be squabbles. It was nothing ever too earth-shattering, but but we 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 stuck it out. We stayed in there, you know. Until it became, you know, until we felt like, well, it's not appropriate anymore. Let's just give them a break. But we did hang in there for for all of that as much as we possibly could. We were in it to win it. <laughs> yeah, I don't ever remember a time where someone in the band was like, hey, guys, can you give us a minute? I don't remember that happening. No, I don't either. So one thing I must mention is John McVie. John McVie is, to me, the quiet beetle, uh, if you want to call him that. How much interaction did you have with him? Because based on the documentary, showing his enthusiasm, he looks like he has no shits to give for making records or the recording process. Uh, yeah, John John was the quietest one, for sure. And it was always a challenge for me and Kyle to get him represented properly. And, and it wasn't because he didn't want to be involved with it. It was just more that he, he, he was much more reserved than the other three. And we wanted to definitely get him more of a presence in, involved with it because he was definitely part of it on a daily basis. And one of the most fun things we did on that entire job was when John offered us to come to, you know, with him on his yacht for a day mm-hmm. just to shoot some footage and, you know, piss around around Catalina. I think we were for we went fishing and stuff. And that ended up in the movie because it was it was great. But John was, you know, was definitely quiet and didn't really have a need to expand on his artistry to the camera or anything like that. He was just, you know, 
let's just mm-hmm. let's just make this record kind of an a- attitude. So yeah, I don't know if you guys saw the new Beatles documentary, but I think part of the John um, not being so involved is that he wasn't really a songwriter. I know he gets some credits, but when we were there, the purpose of that house was to write and record. So mostly write. So John would come in at the end of the process and lay down his baseline. You mentioned John's fishing expedition, but did you both get to interact with the rest of the band any? We were just part of the team. I mean, I remember Matt got in an unused toilet paper fight with Cheryl Crow when she came in to record some lines. We were just, we were buddies with everyone. We're hanging out. We're filming when we got to film. But otherwise, we were just some distraction for them, I think. I mean, we got along with everybody good. Well, we went went with them when the Buckinghams took their kids horseback riding once out in Malibu. We tagged along for that. And didn't I hook up Stevie Nicks' VCR correctly at her house once? <laughs> like, we were doing some playback or something. I was like, your, your stereo system's all screwed up. Let me fix that. Okay, Duval Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. This gives you an opportunity to refresh your drink and do some nice, big, deep stretches. Listen to two promos for friends of the show and a little commercial, and we'll be right back. Looking for a new podcast? Check out the Infectious Groove podcast. My name is Russ, and I host the show along with Michelle and Kyle. Every Monday, the three of us bring you music news and tell you our jammy jams, so you'll always have new music to check out. The Infectious Groove podcast discusses music from nearly every decade and genre while openly displaying our passion for music you need to hear. On top of that, we have a thought-provoking main topic of discussion every week to get you thinking, discussing, and sharing music. We also include interviews with the music stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. Subscribe and listen to the Infectious Groove podcast on your favorite podcast platform today. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts! Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on, warriors. We've got this. In today's story, Elena tried taking a magic potion which she thought would help her. Well, she found out there aren't any magic potions. And you know what? There aren't any magic drugs either. Anytime you take one from anybody but your parents or your doctor, you're taking a very big chance. You're gambling with your health, maybe even your life. Drugs don't make your problems go away. They just create more. Hi, my name is Nick. I'm Brandon. We are the hosts of the Tennis Podcast, where every week we cover a different top tennis list. We cover lists such as the highest grossing films of all time, the best selling musicians of all time, the the sexiest mogwais, the richest leprechauns, the all this and more we cover on the Tennis Podcast. I had more. You can find us on all podcast players, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Stitcher. All you got to do is search for 10ISH Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TennisPod. And Brandon, what will we do if the listeners don't check out our podcast? We'll cut your fucking head off. Don't make us cut your fucking head off. Listen to the Tennis Podcast. Bye. Welcome back to the Derek Duvall Show. We still have lots to cover, so let's get right back into this. Here is the conclusion of an interview with the creators of Fleetwood Mac Destiny Rules, Matt Bauman and Kyle Einhorn. I told the internet that you were both coming on, and over the last couple of weeks since we first decided to do this, some of them have written in questions to ask. I got tons of questions from the fans, and I chose a few, and I thought it would be fun to ask. I just picked five. Uh, the first one, and this is a good one to start with, you mentioned earlier Cheryl Crow. There was a rumor that Cheryl Crow was going to join Fleetwood Mac. Did you ever witness anything alluding to that happening? Uh, I don't think officially joining. Um, didn't witness that, but she did come in for the day. She did lay down some lines, and I don't think it's any secret that she decided that it was best for the band if she wasn't part of it in a big way. Mm-hmm. She, I don't think she wanted to step on um, their toes. But I do remember hearing those rumors. Yeah, there was no, there was never anything that we saw or witnessed that was, I mean, the rumors grow, you know, and, the, you know, the, the root of the reality of them is re- really usually very far away from the truth. Yeah, she was there. I remember her laying keyboards down for one particular song. And I think it was the, uh, the title track of the album, For Say You Will. And, and that was kind of about it. That was about it for, with her involvement with the project. Uh, you mentioned you had over 500 hours of footage. Yeah, we we shot. How, how long did we shoot that? It was basically every day for a ye- two years, Kyle. A year and a half. Was it two years? Maybe a year and a half because we went to uh, Phoenix for the, uh, the anti-smoking show, whatever that was. And then we went on the road with them for their first show in Columbus. In Columbus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. With that great bar. What was that place called? The Recreation Room or something? Yeah, I it was def, it was over 500 hours. It was like 500 and change. What was the first cut's runtime? Oh god. Well, it was in, oh, it, 2 2 hours and 35 minutes or something. Something like that. We had in a team of editors. I mean, we were filming on multiple cameras. Like Matt had a camera, I had a camera. We had a bunch of still cameras we were recording with secret cameras. And then we had these assistant editors at the editorial house would link everything together on one screen so there was like six different shots. And then we would watch that and figure out how to edit the movie off of those six shots. I could only imagine that your editors absolutely hated you. No, they were into it. Uh, yeah, it was a scene. It was because after we were done filming, it became like every day at the editorial house. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were putting in late, late hours, almost daily. Okay, here's another question. What was the band's reaction to the documentary when they first saw it? Oh, uh, I can tell you well, that story. Uh, go for it, Maddox. <laughs> I will never forget that day because we had that cut down to maybe two hours at the time. And we had put in what we thought was going to be, you know, the real grit of the project, including some bickering and some, you know, stuff that was said that the band would be seeing for the first time. And we watched it with our editor, me and Kyle, and Lindsay came down by himself. And we dimmed the lights, let it play for two hours or whatever it was. It was the piece. I remember sweating bullets thinking, what's he going to think when he sees this scene? What's he going to think when he hears Mick say this? And when it was done, it was, uh, the, you know, we stopped it. Nobody said a word. Lindsay just sat there for a minute, maybe like a minute and a half. I couldn't even turn around. I was sitting in front of him 
to look at him. I was just facing forward, staring at the screen, and my heart was pounding. And I remember he said, basically after a long, long pause, well, I think it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> and I remember the euphoria of that moment was like, uh, like a mini orgasm of relief. Nice. Uh, well, don't forget the build up to that though, because we had shown Lindsay cuts um, while we were in that. He'd come by occasionally, and the last time we had showed him pieces, he's been like, "Guys, you guys are great, like directors and filmmakers, but maybe you're not the best editors." We're like, "What?" <laughs> like it's it's tough watching a uh, a piece come together when there's black holes and still stuff to work on. So that was terrifying. Thankfully, it worked out. Yeah. What about the rest of the band? What did they think? I. I don't think John really cared. Right, right. <laughs> um, Mick seemed to like it, and Stevie uh, Stevie liked it. I mean, at the eleventh hour, Stevie wanted to make a couple of changes that we obviously did, but uh, overall, it was a very positive, yeah, very positive response from them. I mean, we didn't really tweak it too much after our first uh, rough cut. No, no, we got our cut. We, I mean. They gave us what we wanted. It was um, we very much appreciated that. This question comes in from a listener in Germany. Has there ever been any talk of a Blu-ray release? Uh, what's the name of the? Uh, I forget the name of the record company that owns um, the rights to it now. So that would be on them. Well, Sanctuary had the Sanctuary had the distribution rights, and then I think Warner's or the band or both owns the the masters. I'm I'm not sure, but we we're not in that loop about it being, being on Blu-ray or being available as a digital film. I mean, every now and then I check iTunes or Amazon Prime and just see, oh, I wonder if my movie's on there. And it's, mm. it's yet to be transferred over, but... We filmed this thing like 20 years ago. HD barely existed. We filmed it on like mini DV tape. I don't know how much Blu-ray is going to help. What was both of yours' reactions when Lindsey Buckingham was fired from Fleetwood Mac? Oh, not surprised in the slightest. I, I was, I, yeah, I would say I wasn't shocked to hear that. It just sounded like another day at the office for the band to me. And I'm sure they'll pass I do that hope, up again. Yeah, I hope they get one more run. It'd be nice to have like one more world tour post-COVID. Everybody's there, including Christine. I think that would just be a good ending for them. And I think that will happen. How hectic was it to record leading up to the tour? Not that bad. <laughs> no, they, they were studio rats the whole time we were there. I mean, as Lindsay, especially, I mean, he never left that console and was constantly recording. I mean, every day. We went to Sony studios to uh, rehearse in a soundstage and that was very much mapped out. So we knew like, Hey, Stevie's going to get here at 4 PM. Lindsay's going to get there at 2 PM. So we should get there at 1 PM. Soundstage filmed the now famous live in Boston concert and many say it's a perfect companion piece with your documentary. What are your opinions on that? Live in Boston ha- happened when while we were still on the project, and we had absolutely zero to do with that. Have you both seen it? I actually, no, I, I actually picked it up about uh, two years ago. I picked it up at a record store because I was always curious about it. I've yet to. I think it came with a DVD and a CD. I listened to the CD, but I, I've yet to, you know, actually see the concert film. Yeah, we had no, absolutely nothing to do with that. Uh, they, I, they must have hired somebody on the East Coast to, to I mean, that was probably like a 10-camera setup or something. I, who knows? When Destiny Rules was finally released for the world to see, what kind of reviews were you getting out of the gate? 
I got a, I've, I've just monitored it closely. We got a ton of positive reviews in national press, uh, which was kind of positive. From what I saw, there's a couple minor negative stuff, like always, but overall, I felt like it was pretty positive. Um, I do remember, I mean, it, it premiered commercial free, sponsored by Pac Bell on VH1, and then it went on to um, run on PBS. And I remember I had a friend who worked at VH1 or MTV at the time. I'm like, hey, dude, can you tell me what the numbers are? I'm like, how many million people watch this? And uh, I don't know how well it did because he uh, went to his bosses and they refused to give up the numbers of how many people watched it. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, I clipped out like uh, the press and stuff, and it was it was mostly very very positive. The only negatives that were that I remember at the time was that people wanted it to contain more music. You know, and that it was, was like you know, yeah, that wasn't the piece. That was, but but yeah, overall it was pretty well received as things begin to wind down do you have any current projects you'd like to plug for me i'm uh i'm promoting tennis tennis is uh tennis has got some great stories there's lots of good stuff going on the whole world's gonna turn over soon when the big three that roger federer and nadal joe Quebec, who's been in the news recently obviously um there's gonna be a whole new round of exciting players and then i'll also plug my daughter who is a filmmaker like matt and me and she goes to the nyu tisch school of film let's keep an eye out for her she's coming up next following on matt and my tradition i end my interviews with my favorite question and the question is this if the entire planet was listening to this broadcast what would be the one thing you would want to say to the people of earth wow oh yeah um, hit it Maddie. I no, I uh, you go for it, Kyle. <laughs> okay, well, then, the, in the context of this interview, Fleetwood Mac is the greatest band as far as stories and possibly music in the world. Outside of the context of this interview, that's a, I'm gonna have to think on that for a second. Yeah, I, I got it. <laughs> I don't have anything either. Why can't we all just get along? We got some problems that are unnecessary. There's so much bad crap yeah. going on, and it's all solvable. Yeah, stop complaining about everything and just relax. Kyle, Matt. I want to thank you both. I know a lot of stars had to align to make this possible. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been fun. My pleasure. Thanks, man. I want you both to go out, get a couple of beers, and catch up, okay? Yeah, we definitely um, have all to. In. Seriously, thank you guys so much. And just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the conclusion of episode 56. As I just mentioned, I want to thank Kyle and Matt for moving heaven and earth to get them together on this show. It was a real delight. You can find copies of Fleetwood Mac Destiny Rules on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and your best bet might even be eBay. Uh, Not going to lie, they have a bit of a price tag attached as they are apparently out of print. But if you can get one, the film is absolutely wonderful. We'll be back next Monday with another fantastic episode featuring an amazing person, so keep checking this website, or any of the streaming platforms you currently subscribe to. Speaking of subscribed, have you gone ahead and rated our show and left us a nice review? Whatever platforms that you were able to do that on, take five minutes out of your time and do that. really, really helps us. And it's kind of a, if you want to call it, a bit of a boost and a bit of a perk to doing what we do and the effort that we put into making these amazing shows. We will also be releasing more Derek and Mindy's Fun With Movies as well, as we have four great films that we've been watching to discuss and put out into the world. That being said, on behalf of the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you, be safe, be well, 
and get your vaccine. Do your part to end this nightmare. Nostar, God bless, and see you next time, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, for the latest news on downloads and to explore past episodes. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show.